What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. It's coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. Make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen and tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we made it to the other side of the NBA draft. The Blazers got Scoot Henderson third, Chris Murray at 23, and Ryan Rupert at 43. What they didn't do is make the big trade. That's what we're going to talk about in today's show. Scoot, a generational talent, potentially. I mean, like a 19-year-old with upside as he currently stands, but potentially a generational talent. But not the big swing. I don't want it to get lost in this episode. I want to say it up top so it doesn't really get lost in this episode. I think drafting Scoot Henderson, period, 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 end of sentence, is is awesome. It's cool. It's cool. I think he's I think he's a really fun personality. I think he's going to be a really good player in the league. I do not want to get lost in sort of the angst of where Blazers fans are right now coming out of this draft about that Scoot that anything beyond Scoot Henderson like there's other stuff beyond Scoot Henderson but in, in, in sort of the the very 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 specific world of drafting Scoot Henderson that narrow the narrow truth of they got Henderson with a third overall pick it's tight it's cool Scoot is by most accounts you know, the second best player in the draft. I think some people had him as low as three, but but plenty, plenty, plenty of smart people had him clearly in the second tier or, the, 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 you know, that top of that next tier beyond Victor Wembanyama. There was not going to be nobody up there with, with Wemby. He's the, he, you know, he is the, the all-time prize. But Scoot was considered a very, very good player, someone who would have gone, you know, first overall in four out of five drafts or at least in the very, very top of every draft over the last five years or so. That good, someone with all NBA upside, uh, per, you know, it projects as like a multi-time all-star and perhaps a foundational part of a of a very good team, like a, like a star point guard in the league. You know, it, this is like someone who gets compared to Derrick Rose MVP level and young Russell Westbrook and and John Morant and like the truly special, freakishly athletic lead guards in the league who get into the paint whenever they want, mitigate some of their jumper concerns by just being a beast. So don't get it twisted. Getting Coming away with Scoot Henderson is a, is a victory. But I forgive you if it doesn't feel like that. Because this was supposed to be the draft where the Blazers picked their, picked their destination, or excuse me, picked their direction. <laughs> Pick their direction. They were going to follow Damian Lillard's very clearly specified preferences. I don't want, I'm I'm done with 19-year-olds, or excuse me, that's enough for 19-year-olds. I don't want to build. That route is not my route. Dame couldn't be more clear in public settings that he wanted the Blazers to make a swing for veteran talent to go for it and be competitive. Scoot Anderson might be really good, but it is very, very rare for even the best rookies to be good right away. Most players, particularly, you know, youngsters coming to the league, I think it's good to be 20 when the, when the league, when the season starts, but like young players typically struggle. They're typically ne- net negatives. You're banking on Scoot being really good in years, you know, two through 10, but, but year one, he was probably going to be someone learning the ropes. It just is kind of how, how the league works. It's, it's, it wouldn't be uncommon for someone to be a star, but not be very good in year one. And that is kind of Dame's angst, is that he doesn't want to build, he doesn't want to wait, he doesn't want to get to the next thing. He wants the next thing to come to him so they can be competitive right away. 
But it sounds like the deals just weren't out there. According to Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports, teams cooled on offering um, trade packages for Toronto's Pascal Siakam because it came pretty clear that Pascal Siakam wasn't going to re-sign somewhere at he, where he was traded for. He prefers to be in Toronto and after he's, he's entering free agency next summer, so trading a haul for Pascal Siakam only to let him walk without that wink-wink handshake that he's going to re-sign, there's no reason to trade a haul for him. You just don't do it. It cools the trade market. Andrew Greif of the uh, of the LA Times reported that that the Blazers had been in on Paul George and then decided to walk away. The the talks broke down. My read on that is that the Clippers said, "Yeah, no problem. You can trade for Paul George. We're going to need Anthony Simons. We're going to need Jaden Sharp. We're going to need the third pick in the draft," which was the trade package that I floated a couple days ago on the podcast. Obviously, that's too big of an overpay, so they walked away from that. That isn't like real. I'm not. I'm. That's my speculation, but I'm willing to wager that's why the talks broke down. The Zion Williamson stuff probably had legs a little bit, but was Zion truly available and what was the asking price and could they make it work? And did the Blazers want some, you know, some other sweeteners for taking on the risk of the giant contract and all of those things? The talks fell apart. And when you're looking for the elite of the elite, it's a pretty narrow window. According to uh, Zach Lowe of ESPN, the Nets were not interested in the package of three and Anthony Simons for Mikael Bridges. Quite frankly, let me just put my cards on the table here. I think that's wild. I think, I think the Nets should have taken that pick. I think that's like a pretty aggressive overpay from the Blazers for Mikhail Bridges. The Nets should have done that, but they didn't want to do it. They didn't want to do it. And they didn't want to do it for obvious reasons because if they don't do it, it greatly increases the chances of the next thing happening. The Damian Lord asks out. And I don't think drafting Scoot and then drafting Chris Murray at 23, and then, I mean, the second round pick doesn't really matter in this conversation, but we'll say it anyways, drafting the 43, Ryan Rupert, but like taking, bringing three rookies in, not making any trades for vets, not sending out, not making any moves. It doesn't necessarily guarantee a Damian Lillard trade. In fact, Joe Cronin said as much in his post-draft press conference that we'll talk about a little bit in the second segment. The moves they made tonight do not guarantee a Damian Lillard trade. They don't. They do not guarantee it. But they are the exact moves you would make at the beginning of a rebuild. <laughs> you see what I'm saying here? There is. This is not set in stone, clear direction. The path to going young. But if they were taking the path to go young, this is exactly what you would have done. This is the path you would have taken. This is the exact way you would have gone. If you were... The Blazers have been clear that they don't want to trade Damian Lillard. But the actions in the draft suggested the team that said, we couldn't find the deal. The market dictated that we couldn't find a deal good enough to make the, make the call. And Dame has said, if they don't make a swing, I want to leave. Or I will, ha he hasn't said I want to leave. He'll said that he will have the conversation about what his future is, which is saying he wants to leave. I don't know that tonight guarantees that Dame's exit will come in the next six weeks. But I know that if Dame's exit were coming in the next six weeks, the night would have looked exactly the same. Let's talk about Joe Cronin's comments in the second segment. Hold on. I actually don't want to transition to the second segment in a bummer. Scoot Henderson's going to be really good. Hold on to that. Scoot Henderson's going to be really good. He's going to be really good. I'm telling you. I'm also telling you about bird dogs. They're comfortable shorts. They really are. <laughs> They're comfortable shorts. 
if, if they kind of look like khakis, but they're not khakis because they're a cloud knit, knit fabric that stretches and fits you so you look great, you feel great, and they're truly versatile. They're not like the stiff, restricting cotton of your sort of typical summer shorts. They're stretch khakis designed to fit slimmer through your thigh, make your legs look good, and they got anti-stink sweat wicking technology that has fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Uh, Bird Dogs was kind enough to send us over a couple pairs of shorts. I rock them all the time. I, they're comfortable. They're versatile. Um, I don't have the type of job where you could wear shorts to work, but it, um, these these shorts look good. You don't look like a schlub when you wear them, and but you could still like go and be active in them. I've mentioned a bunch of times that I'm out in my neighborhood doing things, being a dad, pushing pushing the stroller around, et cetera, et cetera. So why don't you get a pair of comfortable, versatile shorts? Go to birddog.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't don't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you. Still a pass versus point guard. That's how I lead into my third segment, but we'll uh, just do it here in the second one too. All right. Let's talk about Joe Cronin's comments. He addressed reporters after the draft and Cronin was emphatic. He doesn't want to trade. He does not want to trade Damian Lillard. He does not plan to trade Damian Lillard. He hopes that Damian Lillard retires as a trailblazer. And that's if you're only reading the quotes as written. I will say this. I thought the Blazers local media did a good job pressing and being strong with asking tough questions to Joe Cronin. I thought throughout the press conference, his defenses kind of wore down. They got him against the ropes. He took some body shots. And he sounded like a dude who was aware that there is a big conversation coming with Damian Lillard and Aaron Goodwin and Goodwin Sports Management and the, the, the whole Damian Lillard posse, the whole, the his representation, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it is, the gang's going to chat <laughs> because Dame has been very clear about his preferences. And Joe Cronin, I don't know if he didn't deliver. Maybe he was unable to deliver. The market sort of dictates it, right? Um, but the market dictating it sounds a lot like the last 10 years of, of, of Damian Lord's career. We just couldn't get it done. The mar- you know, trades don't, trades don't happen in a vacuum. Got to do all these things. When asked how can Scoot and Dame play together, Cronin kind of waffled and said, I think so, but not a strong yes, absolutely. When Dame, when asked how can you go forward with Damian Lillard and Avery Zimons and Scoot Anderson and Shaden Sharp, four guards in the backcourt, how could you do it? How could it happen? He didn't exactly sound, he didn't sound super strong. He sounded like someone who had made some decisions that I'm going to add the best player available and I'm going to figure it out. And now he's in the stage of figuring it out and figuring it out includes having a tough conversation about the future of the franchise. You know, it's a tough post draft press conference when they don't ask you about the two other dudes you drafted a little bit about scoots, scoot Henderson's fit and a lot about Damian Lillard's future. Sound kind of like Joe Crone did this. That's oops. All guards. Sent in by, sent in, commissioned by me and sent in by listener Julio. Oops, all guards. Yet again. Oops, all guards. If you're listening on the audio feed, uh, check out the YouTube channel for that, for that image. (laughs) Or if you know me, I'll text you the image. I think Cronin 
getting scoot. I think, you know, Cronin was asked the, the looking for the, the big splash move. And Cronin said uh, to, to fans looking for the big splash move, I'll say I did the, the biggest one they can. We got Scoot Henderson. I think that's true. I think it's true. I think Scoot's going to be really good in the league. I think he's going to be easy, easy to root for. I think he's going to be fun. But some of this what's next questions took a real hit after the draft. And I, and I think that Cronin was pressed on this. Well, you didn't trade your first round pick. You didn't trade the other first round pick you have. You didn't unlock your future picks necessarily with assets you currently have. You are now a week away from free agency where you will not have cap space. And even if you try to create meaningful cap space, there's not exactly like game-changing free agent mar- on the market. In fact, one of the best free agents on the market is your own, Jeremy Grant. And you, like, you're better operating as an above-the-cap team and just keeping them on the roster if you're going to go that route. He was pressed on wh- what assets do you have left if you didn't make any moves to get better. He said, oh, you know, we got a bunch. We, we still got chances to make moves and free agency and all that. And it's like, do you? Do you? He was asked whether he felt like he was in danger of losing Damian Lillard, and and Joe Cronin said that he didn't feel like he didn't feel like he um he was, and and he felt like he he his intention is still to keep Damian the roster and move forward and be good. But the strength in the, we are we've reached the portion of the summer that is show don't tell. This was the evening that they were supposed to pick a path. This was the evening that they were supposed to pick a direction. And whether they were unable or unwilling is probably in the eyes of the beholder. But I'll tell you what, they did not pick a direction. And sort of the unfortunate truth of the NBA is that their direction might be chosen for them. I don't know that Damian Lillard, like I said, and I'll reiterate here, that I don't know that Damian Lillard's getting traded next week. I don't even know. Like, I would assume if it happens, though, it will happen before the before the season starts. So I think it'll get taken care of this summer if that's the direction they end up going. I don't think the Blazers will will trade Dame for a chump deal, but I do think they will help him go, go where he wants to go if that's the direction it happens. And I think after watching Joe Cronin's presser, I don't feel deeply confident that there is a there is a reasonable path to a future with Damian Lillard there is a future where they just have to tell Dame there's no good package for you can you hang out till February I don't think it's going to get messy and public and gross where Dame says you know I want to I'm I'm out of here but but it but it is not set up for the celebration for the kazoos and the parade down Broadway and getting your spot outside of El Gaucho, to watch the float come by. It is set up for angst. And I didn't want this. Not because I feel deeply compelled about the future of the Trailblazers or that they like pull on my heartstrings. And I don't mean that to brag or to talk down to someone whose heartstrings are pulled by this team. I just mean that I was hoping that we would get some clarity and I think what we got some clarity is that it's, it might get gross in the future. Joe Cronin said there's avenues to get better. And Joe Cronin said very, very clearly that he wants Damian Lillard to be part of what's next. And he wants Dame to retire as a trailblazer. But to me, that's a Rorschach test. 
If you want to hear that as the truth, you can look at the ink and you can see that. But that's not what I saw. It's not what I heard. I didn't want to do this show. I mean, I was going to do a podcast, but I didn't want to do this topical of a show. I wanted to celebrate. So let's celebrate one more time. Scoot Henderson's going to rock. He wore the coolest suit to the draft. It was covered in jewels. He's got uh, six siblings. He's was one of seven kids. Um, and he had uh, stones and jewels with the birthstones of his uh, siblings built into his suit. He wore a pinky ring to rep the G League. He wore steel-toed boots. He wore two chains, including an H7 chain. That's Henderson 7 for his siblings that all of his siblings got because his dad purchased them matching chains. He wore a grill with a whole bunch of rainbow colors in it. He sat down and he said, I'm here to save the day in a Zoom interview. He is fun, and he's going to be a very good player in this league. I'm comfortable saying that. So for me, for now, I guess I'm grasping for positivity. I, like, I, I really think I am because this felt like the Cronin presser made me feel like the end is nigh of the Damian Lillard era more than other stuff has because he wasn't firm. He was not firm. He got a little shaky. And when he got pressed about how this looks like it's heading in the wrong way, I don't think he really steered the boat back to a place where I'm like, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. They're on track. If you heard something different, I'm sure you'll let me know some way, somehow. But to me, I'm going to try to find some appreciation and some fun because unequivocally getting Scoot at three when Brandon Miller went two to Charlotte is a win for the Blazers, is a good deal, is a good news for the Blazers to get a player that good at three. The way that small markets get good is they draft stars. The Blazers may have just drafted themselves a star. The path to what's next might get a little rocky, but they might have drafted themselves a star, and I'm going to choose to hold on to that. Let's talk about the two other guys they drafted to close the show. Um, Darn. (laughs) Quite frankly, darn. Before we get to that third third segment, though, I want to tell you about Game Time. It's a place to get last minute tickets. Um, Instead of stressing about tickets or all of, or, or, and, and, you know, trying to make plans and all that, just use game time because it's the number one spot to get tickets right up to the day of the event for all of your sports needs, for concerts, for live comedy, for live theater, whatever it is. What I like about game time is they got flash sales. So if you're looking for something like, oh, I want to go to the game. It's, you know, say it's Sunday evening. I want to go to this game on Monday night. You can go go to game time, download the app or go to gametime.co and they will have a deal for you right sitting there that's that is cheaper than you will find most other places. And in fact, if you find a better deal somewhere else in the same row in the same section for less money, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You can make a little money if you find a cheaper, cheaper deal than they're offering. So snag tickets without the stress with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use the code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account and use that redemption code locked on NBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. 
It's daily fantasy made easy. I play price picks on the phone on my app, but you can play it on pricepicks.com as well. Here's how it works. You pick between two and six players, and if they go over or under these projections set, you pick if they're going to go over or under the projection set by price picks. If you get them right, you can win 25 times your money. You go six for six, you're winning a whole bunch of cash. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the statistical projections set by prize picks. They offer everything. I played the NBA during an NBA season, but uh, this summer you can play the WNBA. You can play soccer across across the globe, MLS included. You can play tennis as we get going, plus a whole bunch of other sports. Prize pick sets the line. You go over or under those lines, you win some money, and you can make entries in 60 seconds. Super easy when you win. You get safe and fast withdrawal so you can get your money quickly. So download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com. Sign up today to play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, bucks, you get $100. Bucks. If you deposit $50, bucks, you get $50. Bucks. Sounds pretty simple to me. So don't forget, use that promo code locked on sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Portland didn't just get scoot, and Portland didn't just muddy the waters of Damian Lillard's future. They also picked two other players. At 23, they took Chris Murray, who played three seasons at Iowa. The 6'7 forward averaged 20 points and 7.9 boards last season at Iowa. As a freshman, he didn't do much. As a sophomore, didn't do much. Then he took on a much larger role in his third season at Iowa, and he was really stinking good. He is the brother, the twin brother of Keegan Murray. The only difference... I mean, there's a bunch of differences, but the main difference, he's left-handed. Keegan Murray's right-handed. He's left-handed. I've heard him described as something like 70% as talented as Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray was a contributor as a rookie on a team that won 50 plus games finished third in the west and took the Warriors to seven games in the playoffs and Murray played really well at the end of that Warriors series and didn't play well at the beginning of playoffs played really well at the end of that Warriors series he gets 70% of that at the 23rd pick that's tight that's extremely good um I have I, I think I have seen Chris Murray play one full game watching Keegan Murray last year at Iowa. But, um, you know, I've, I've done a little bit of research heading into the show. Sounds like the um, he's probably a better defender right now than his brother, than Keegan, but not not nearly the level of shooter. I mean, what makes Keegan Murray special is that he can shoot off movement. He can shoot a little bit on pull-ups. He can shoot from the mid-range. Like, he's a really, that's his skill. He's a really good shooter in the league. Sounds like Chris Murray is not quite that, but a better defender. Um, you know, the he's not a great athlete, and I think this Keegan the same way. He's not like a leaper type athlete, but the athleticism is the balance, right? It's like a it's like a big frame, the balance to get past people, the balance to finish around the rim. Um, I think. Uh, the upside with Chris Murray is that he's 23 years old and he could probably contribute early. Banking on any rookie, even at 23, to be like, oh, plug and play, no problem, he'll be ready to go, is probably unfair. But like, just because of the physical development, it's like they're cl- he'll probably be closer and redder, ready faster than, say, your average rookie. Um, you could probably bank on him being at some point a level of positive contributor early in his career just more so than you could your typical rookie. Um, if the Blazers are truly going to go the veteran routes and they're going to re-sign Jeremy Grant and they're going to blah, 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 it's like, and keep Dame in the roster and all those things, I think Chris Murray fits because they have a, just, they have 
holes to fill in at the forward spots. Like they just, they're, they're thin up front. Um, and if Murray is more of a three than a four, there's minutes at the three to be had. And if he's more than a four than a three, there's minutes at the four to be had. There's just, if he is capable of playing, there's opportunity for him to seize right there. And if you can get a plug and play guy at 23, there's real value there. Um, not sure, you know, I'll kind of withhold after I see him a little bit in summer league, et cetera, whether I think he's like plug and play 20 minutes a night or whatever, but Keegan Murray was pretty much ready to go. He was also drafted in the high lottery as opposed to, as opposed to at 23. But I think in general, um, this was kind of the range that, that folks had Chris Murray in, uh, ESPN mocked him at 23 to the Blazers uh, in Sam Vecini's draft rankings on his big board. He had Chris Murray at 17 uh, over at the ringer. They had him on the big board at 20, at the 27th best prospect. And at Raphael Barlow's NBA big board, he had him ranked as a 30th best prospect. So somewhere from that late, from the teens to the end of the first round, the Blazers got him at 23, kind of right in his typical range. I had listed him as a target. I was intrigued by at 23. It's just like, a dude who can, a dude who does a bunch of things well on offense and is a competent defender and is the right size to be a position of need for the Blazers. Sign me up. I, I'm I'm intri- I'm intrigued by his game. While admitting that like it's more fun to get a 19 year old that you can project to be like the king of the world by 23 as opposed to a 23 year old who's like yeah he's a pretty good basketball player. I bet he'll help. Um, Guess what? Most of those 19-year-olds turn out to be uh, on that end of the, I hope they'll help them, the king of the world. Although Scoot's going to be the king of the world. Don't worry. At 43, the Blazers took Ryan Rupert. Um, he's he's French. Uh, he's from the same area as Nico Batum. But he played last year for the uh, New Zealand Breakers, um, playing professional basketball as an 18-year-old. He's 19 now. Um, he's 6667 it's got a 72 wingspan uh, I saw him listed at 66 with a 72 wingspan the blazers gave out a uh, little you know player sheets and they called him 67 with the 73 wingspan so you want to just let's just lean bigger right let's just lean bigger fine he's 6773 wingspan whatever the blazers say 8 foot 10 standing reach according to Sam Vecini of the Athletic um really good defender that's that's the guy he like he is like he is he's an a, really aggressive on ball defender, someone who gets after it defensively and like takes pride in being good on defense. His weakness is that he is just unpolished on offense. He's not much of a shooter, um, which is like kind of always the knock on guys at this level. But I think more than that, it's like, what else, what, what is his big skill on offense? Like, you know, he can get it. He can make some moves around pick and rolls, but does he have like playmaking and ISO scoring? And like, can he, can he be like an on ball-y type guard? And if he can't shoot, can he be an off-ball player? Um, I think there's real questions with his offense, but he has the physical frame and the defensive upside to be a special player, and a bunch of folks had him in that first-round range. Uh, Raphael at NBA Big Board had him at 22. Um, the Ringer had him at 41, the middle of the second round. He went at 43. But Sam Vecini had him at 34. ESPN had him at 26. So late first to early second, um, that's kind of where he was. Or I guess his late first to, to mid-second with 41. But like... You know, first round talent in a, in a bunch of different services. I think there's reason to be excited about his sort of general upside. Um, seems un- relatively unlikely to be a contributor right away, um, just because of his age and because of um, the sort of rawness of his game, it sounds like, just reading it. Also, like most second round picks, it's hard to find just like NBA players as a second rounder, much less like NBA's, NBA players who are positive contributors in year one. So um, I would assume that he's like probably not part of the plan, but in really intriguing 19 year old with upside like six seven guardy type you know I, he's probably positionless like in the way the league works like six seven not big man 
wing guard um, with 810 standing reach and a 7273 wingspan. Like crazy long arms and really competitive defender. That's an intriguing player to put to put into the mix. Uh, I mentioned with Chris Murray, like if the Blazers um if, if the Blazers go the sort of veteran route, which seems exceedingly unlikely as we sit here, as I sit here today, um, then he'll, there'll be spots for him. I don't think there's a spot for Ryan Rupert if they go that route. But for both guys, if they go young, there's no problem. You don't have to, there's no calculation. If they go, if they, if they go young and they're, they're launching a rebuild, play rookies, give them minutes, give them developmental minutes, try to, you know, try to get the most out of your picks. The future of the NBA, and Joe Cronin missed this, or men, mentioned this, excuse me. Um, he mentioned this in his, his presser is like, you got to nail draft picks because it is punitive to have really expensive contracts. If the Blazers nailed three draft picks, regardless of the direction they go, they're going to be in really good shape. I'm really excited about Scoot. I think Chris Murray can be someone who contributes early in his NBA career. And Ryan Rupert is a really fun player to take a flyer on at 43. On the draft alone, like the draft alone, if just like in a vacuum, the draft by itself. I like what the Blazers did. I like the picks they made. Um, you know, I don't think Murray screams crazy upside, but like competent NBA player, that's what you're headed for, right? Like that's what that's like what you're trying to find in the draft. And he looks like he's closer to that than maybe some others. Scoot has star upside and Rupert Rupert, excuse me, has someone who's like second rounder who has first round type talent. On its own, I think the draft was good and it's reason to be like excited. The other stuff and the big questions will get answered in the coming weeks. I'll do my best to answer them right here on the show. Come back next week. We'll do a bunch more of these. Five days a week, wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Tell your friends about the show. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.